Welcome to the Parents at Work Teen Time Clinic podcast. These clinics are an opportunity to dip into a short Q&A session and ask questions for yourself that may help another parent going through a similar issue. So check out the list of upcoming talks and feel free to send in a question. The format for each show is the same. I will do a short introduction and we will then have questions people have sent in to me or are the most common questions I get asked in private parenting sessions. Now, this month's topic is social media, a form of digital communication that came to prominence in 1994, would you believe? Now, that means that I did not grow up with social media. You may have. I did not. But my children did. And therefore, I have uh, two perspectives. I have an observer's perspective from my uh, children's lives. Um, And from my point of view, I can say that I experienced life before and life after. So in a funny way, I feel that I can speak from a slightly more detached perspective. I found that I got hooked and consumed by it because it was new. I got excited. I jumped in. I got thoroughly distracted and joined all sorts of um, chat rooms and then realized that uh, I felt completely burnt out by it. It took up so much time and time that I could have spent connecting with people in the room. And it was my children actually that pointed out that um, when I was telling them to get off their devices that I was on mine. Mm, That was a bit of an eye-opener. And perhaps you have too experienced similar situations. (laughs) It's that walking that talk again, isn't it, that that we often talk about. So I have watched my kids have a love-hate relationship with social media, but ultimately I would say it was more love than hate, and I can't really see it ending. As much as they get burnt and hurt and even abused on it, they keep going back because they believe that the good outweighs the bad and that it will change. And of course, it does have the potential to change because there is a person behind each post. So as we bring more awareness as a as a community, as a society, as a world, and more accountability to the platform, it becomes a safer and less toxic environment for others. And perhaps those moderators have a massive role to play in that. But the environment is way off that now. It is thoroughly toxic. So we have to consider how we equip our children and teens to know what to be aware of and what to walk away from. Ultimately, social means connected. They want connection. In fact, they are programmed at this age, remember, to want connection with people outside the home. Their devices open them up to a world with no boundaries or policing. Therefore, we need to be again aware of what our responsibility is. How can we set the, the boundaries and give them the skills to know when they need extra support? And, and some of the questions that have come in actually will, will expand on those, um, on those topics. So we've got a dilemma, haven't we? Uh, we've got children who, uh, we've got teenagers who have a need to connect. This is the way they do it. They actually understand how to navigate that world far better than we do. And therefore, um, part of us, our job is to actually educate ourselves so we know what's out there, what the quirks are of it, start conversations with them, get them to be 
critical and discerning users of any form of media, which includes social media. We need to um, walk the talk in terms of uh, responsibility and accountability and respect. The way we speak in the home can easily be exaggerated online. It might be that we have a uh, playful banter at home. Playful banter is extremely dangerous when you cannot see someone's face and see if it's a joke. Um, don't forget teenagers misread facial expressions to start off with so I would say playful banter should be used very rarely. I, it is not something that I would encourage um, to be used with children and, and growing teens. As much as we say it, it helps them to build tough skin it also um, from my PhD research at the moment it also makes them question how the people that they love that love them supposedly love them the most can say nasty things to them because they feel the sting of the tale in a joke that actually has a little bit of truth in it so yeah, that's a slight side but on social media they can't read any faces they take things very literally and that's where a lot of this bullying can really actually start to be quite dangerous so for our teens their normal is communicating online they plan things online they very very rarely use the phone to organize an event um, group chats are, are set up at the drop of a button and um, they can research anything like I had to go out and find a book to do some research I had to go to the library to do my research that is just their, their world does not include that anymore I guess when we look at how they got so attached to social media we have to question how they started using it do you remember when they were little and we needed some time to get the washing up done uh, all the washing, the finishing your work, cleaning the house, talking to a friend, a colleague, heck, talking to each other. Um, what did you do? Did you put them in front of the TV like I did because social media wasn't around? Did you give them time on the iPad or allow them to play on the computer a little bit longer? Did you encourage them to do extra maths and English online with computer games? Um, did you find that they were able to chat with their friends I mean, I used to spend hours on the phone ch chatting with my friends in the evening. Now they chat via social media. Did you find that that's what they went to do when they couldn't connect with you or when they actually had an argument with you and they wanted to talk to someone about it? If they did any of those things, it's, then it's hardly surprising that what they, that, that social media and we'll cover gaming in the next episode have been used to self-soothe to calm themselves down, to help them put things in perspective, um, watching uh, watching the life, watching the world go by on Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram, you know they're all places. Actually, Facebook's the least likely place for them, um, but they're all most likely to just go and 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 watch the world from there and see if someone else has got a better life than they have. Uh, unfortunately, that's the comparison that is just so familiar for them at that age. And social media is clever because it makes you think it's a way of staying connected. But because, and that's one of the core values of uh, focuses for us as hu human beings. 
However, they're not really learning how to connect with people face to face. And that's what's dangerous is that they they start learning to communicate in you know, um, short characters and hashtags and, em and emojis. But um, when they actually get face to face with each other, as in a dating situation, they actually don't know how to how to communicate what's okay, what's not. They're much more comfortable messaging each other. Okay, so let's go to some of the questions and see what are the, some of the areas that are the biggest concern to you. My team spends more time connecting on his phone than he, he does connecting with me. How can I get him to be interested in what is going on around him? Well, as I said, this is his connection time. It's also potentially his escape time. It's his time out. He does all the school interaction rather than having and rather than doing what we would do to relax, he does that to relax. He just self-soothes. Um, he loves looking at other people's uh, he loves looking at other people's feeds. He also needs to make sure he's not missing out. So he might have got an Instagram. If you sign up to lots of different people's feeds, you might get messages or groups, group chats. And um, and that's what's important to, to check who, who might be chatting, who might need a conversation, and also who might need some support. You'd be amazed how many of your teens are helping a buddy online and feeling it's their civic duty. It's really well worth understanding that. They feel that they've got a sense of intimacy with their mates through um, social media. It's not sexual. It's, it's, um, it's connection. But again, it doesn't always translate into real life connection. So sometimes they feel more connected online than they do offline. And if they're having trouble communicating with us, then they, they might actually go to websites and chat rooms on things like reachout.com. They have um, great chat rooms for teenagers. I've worked on building home to be more engaging, talking more about the things that they want to talk about than necessarily talking about the things that I want to talk about. And I've found that when I've done that, when I've put myself in their world and in their shoes, we've actually had great conversations and, and the social media use has gone down a little bit. Next question. I find it rude when there are phones at the table and no one's talking to each other. It drives me mad. Any advice? <laughs> yes. Have a rule. No phones at the table. This is your house. This is, um, these are, you know, there, there are rules that you need to put into place that match the values that you have. And if you don't want um, people having their phones at the table, then you need to communicate that say no phones at the table that's a perfectly reasonable rule um, I would always start that quite young and we did we had no phones at the table only only um, great conversation uh, that I, we had that on a chart of you know the rules for the kitchen table for the dining table uh, and they used to just rhyme it back to me you know as a bit of a mocking thing but really to be honest with you as they got older all we needed to say, to say and they'd say it to each other is hey no devices at the table and it they were gone so you you pl you lay the foundation that will come back initially you just have to work at it um next question my daughter has been sent pictures of male body parts what should she do okay well first of all that is called sexting 
Um, great websites to have a look at this are the ACMA website, A-C-M-A. -A. Uh, they have a whole thing on Aussie teens and sexting. They tell you what it's about. They tell you um, uh, how, how prolific it is. Uh, they tell you what to do and who to go to. Um, delete it. Stay calm and delete. Help you to help your child. Um, ask the people who received it to delete it and untag it. Uh, report it. Contact the website, the ISP, the school, whoever can help to take it down and support your child. Um, it's so important to not judge. Um, their their brain is designed to take risks and sometimes they don't realize that the risks they're taking are super uh, dangerous and have lifelong consequences. So just have that conversation with them. These are all um, learning opportunities. Uh, just some of them have greater consequences than other uh, others and this one lays a footprint that's very hard to, to undo. So it is actually a crime. It is a crime to use your in the internet or your mobile device to take, send or receive a sexy text or a sexy picture of yourself known as sexting. Um, the other place that has some really good legals about it that you may want to check out is the legal aid website. It's called lawstuff.org.au. They have a whole fact sheet on sexting, what it is, is it a crime, if the person gives their permission for the photo to be taken, is it still a crime? To be honest with you, even though you can legally start having sex at 16 years of age, if you are under 18 years of age, the law says that you are not allowed to consent, i.e. say yes, to sexting. So anyone under the age of 18 years old. If there is no permission, obviously it's not okay, no matter how old they are. And if you ask someone to send a picture of a of a, a sexual photo, then actually you are soliciting child pornography. Um, you're causing a child to be used for child pornography. If you are found guilty of a sexting crime, you may be placed on the child on the on a sex offender register, which means that you have to tell them every time you move home, you move job. There's a whole load of volunteer work you can't do. Uh, you can't come into contact with children or young people as a coach, um, a sporting team, life server, none of that. So there are enormous consequences to something that they can do uh, just because they're not actually thinking straight. Um, the other thing is that uh, the esafety.gov.au website is where you can uh, register um, any complaints that you have or log any concerns that you have. So check that out as well, esafety.gov.au. Now, I um, also am aware that this is their world. They actually do it quite a lot because every group that I talk about this to, they kind of giggle and laugh and just whisper amongst each other. This is a far bigger problem when we realize and they actually sometimes need to save face by saying no when they're asked rather than get dramatic about it. So um, there's an app that was designed by uh, Kidsline in the UK called Zipit, Z-I-P-I-T, and it has lots of cool comebacks that um, are worth checking out. So have a look at that. It's actually quite good. And the last website I'm going to offer you on this topic is Common Sense Media. They give excellent tips on new apps that have come out, um, all sorts of things to do with with media, so gaming as well. So 
that's a very good one. Um, pause, pause, pause. I am worried at how much my daughter wants to fit in and what she will do to fit in. She is very engaged in social media and concerned about how many likes she has. This is a massively common problem, probably more with girls than boys, although the rise in um, YouTube uh, stars, I guess you call them, or fa people famous for YouTube, um, is is actually increasing boys' uh, paranoia about what they look like and um, uh, you know their interest in likes as well it's just not as much for the boys as it is for the girls um, if you want to fit in and you want to be liked you are far more likely to do things that you don't want to do now let's be honest as adults it's exactly the same thing if you're in an office and you want to be liked you're more likely to perhaps stay later you're more likely to perhaps um, do something moralistically that you wouldn't normally do or your values might be compromised you might um, say yes to uh, doing something that you would you know actually is not the right thing to do so when we judge teens for trying to fit in we do have to model that behavior ourselves as well and ask ourselves how much we are modeling being true to yourself um, as a thought. Ways, um, oh, um, so yes, it's worth being aware of how you also speak to each other and um, sometimes when they're trying to fit in they also don't want to stand out and be bullied so they might join in or at least not contribute when they see a friend being bullied and that's again a point of danger. Um, they will be classed as a bully if they or a bystander to bullying if they don't do anything and that really jumps straight into my last question how do I tell if my son is being bullied via social media well I think part and parcel of noticing it is actually the foundation that you have of the relationship that you have with your child so if you're if you notice if you have a relationship of communication with your child then you're far more likely to notice when that communication goes south or goes pear-shaped however if your son or daughter is already doing um, a bit more of the excluding themselves teen behavior and not around as much just notice how attached they are to their phone and how their mood changes with what goes on on their phone and actually ask them ask them outright you know we have to learn to be direct and ask questions that need to be asked but but be really aware of how we are asking because if we're asking to badger and if we aren't don't sound loving and we don't sound like we have patience and we don't sound like we could cope with whatever we hear because actually they might have done something like sext and they might now be threatened about that sexting if we are not prepared to hear that and not judge them for that, they are not going to tell us. So we also have to say, look, you may not want to tell me, but I'd really love you to feel that you have the support from someone else. Maybe tell your older sister or tell one of your friend's mothers or tell someone 
tell the counsellor at school, tell your teacher at school, tell your welfare officer, tell someone you feel can help you and guide you to how to deal with it and don't feel that you necessarily just need to deal with this on your own. And then you're equipping them to not only help themselves but also help their friends. And remember, we're encouraging them to ask for support their friends may be asking them for support. So the more we equip ours, the more we equip the community. Um, yes, ultimately, it's better to ask and then uh, and then you give them the opportunity. But really, it's about the foundation of the relationship that you've got. Because again, if you are communicating with them and connecting with them, they will let you know if something's not right on social media. They won't have a problem with that. Um, if you don't let them know, if you don't talk to them about um, the fact that, if you don't talk to them about the fact that they're either all right, okay. so if you don't have that foundation, then it makes it harder to have that conversation. So here endeth the episode for today. Remember that all forms of behaviour are a form of communication. And teens are working in a brain that's rejigging to deal with the new requirements of upcoming independence and, and more complex relationships. So uh, they're, they're learning, they're learning through trial and error. They've got this spontaneous part of their brain that's, that's kind of firing up. They are being hooked by amazing marketing people that, that, can, that know how to manipulate them, how to hook them in, how to make everything bells and whistles so that life looks boring and online looks so much more fun but it's always easier to work with a prevention health and balance model rather than trying to fix or address an issue once it's exploded so honesty communication um, caring for each other and looking after yourself so that you have capacity to look after and have that space for your children and family is would be the number one top tip I have for that if there's trust with each of you, then no matter what, the love is still there and everything else is possible. Be consistent, be predictable, be reliable. They may call that boring, but actually that's what you want. You want a lighthouse to know you can go off and travel and investigate, but you've always got home to come home to and it kind of feels safe and the same. Now, listen out for next month's episode we're going to be covering a topic that really is is so much part of this online world we're going to do gaming i've already got two questions that have come in about that so feel free to send me in any more i look forward to catching up with you all in a month and don't forget there are a whole load of other support services available through parents at work for you and your family <laughs>